and the glory forever. Amen. So it's Mark. Mark, thank you again for your leadership here. Uh, before I get to pray and preach, um, I'd like to remind the whole church that on August the 5th, you, Mark, are invited, and all of us, to celebrate uh, your ministry among us. So if you, if you, if you can put that in, on your calendar and mental notes, or however you remember those things, uh, yeah, make sure if you are here, if you are in this city, <laughs> please come and let's celebrate your life and your ministry and then your new adventure. That would be great, isn't it? So let's do, let's do that. The other thing that I'd like to say is Tobin Wilson is uh, moving uh, his parents from their current house to a new facility where they're going to be taken care of. So I guess he's doing pastoral work today, right? Isn't it true? I mean, you take care of your parents, you take care of your family, you are a good pastor. Amen. <laughs> All right, so this morning, um, we would like to go to the next level, if you will. We have been talking about plenty to share, and we talk about gratitude, the myths of gratitude. We talk about the foundation of gratitude. We talk about embracing abundance, and today, I'd like to speak with you about the importance of this question, generosity, why? And um, I'd like to share with you, like two weeks ago, maybe, yeah, two weeks ago, I was really hungry, and I really need to go to eat to a particular place because I was not, I was not, uh, I was not uh, with a lot of time to go to my house and come back, so I needed to go to a place that was nearby the church. So I went to this place called, they're not paying me, but anyways, a Flame Broiler. Quick food, right? It's good. <laughs> so I ordered my plate, and I was about to pay, so I did, so I gave him my car. And the car, you know, some people will say, you know, uh, the system is not communicating well with your car, or something like that. So, but the guy didn't say that. He said, oh, I'm sorry, it's declined. And I'm like, okay, right, this is really good, because I'm going to have to call the bankers and ask what's going on. Right? My car, my personal car. Uh, and uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm, I almost never carry uh, cash with me. Um, but that day, I happened to carry some cash with me. So I opened my, my wallet and said, okay, how much is that? $8, almost, seven seventy-five. And I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I got $7. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, this is not going to happen. Okay, but he looked at my face and he said, you know, sir, he looked at the tip jar and said, I guess we have enough. Pull the dollar bill from the, the, from the tip jar and say, this is for you, no worries. Everything is taken care of. I guess we have what? Enough. He said that. I guess we have enough. And he paid for that. When I was still enjoying my food, because I was, he was walking around and saying, were you able to fix your problem? He, didn't, he didn't, didn't have to do that. But he was still trying to take care of me. By the way, it was my first time getting to see him. So, but he was so, so kind. 
And say, I, I, I haven't been able to do that, so I'm not going to order another, food, another plate. But uh, yeah, um, but he was there present with me, even though it was only 75 cents price difference. And when you are talking about generosity, normally you think about big things, you know, supporting people who are suffering in Africa, which is good and important to do that. Latin America, here in the United States, anywhere. But generosity also could be a very tiny, uh, kind act that we can do on behalf of somebody else. So let's read the, the, the text today. It's, one, it's very short, but I'm going to have another long one, a longer one. So let's, let's read that. If you want, you can stand out with me. You Stand up. A generous whoever. Can we say that again? See, see how that sounds. You may be seated. I also have and that is going to be long. I want you to be uh, sitting down. Um, let's, let's do it together, too. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, let's see, chapter 9. Is that chapter 9? I don't think so. One, two. It's all right. I'll read it from my, from, from my, my, my book here. Um, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless, your, to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, Having all you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harbors of your righteousness. Be enriched in every way, so be generous on every occasion. And through, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know, I don't know if you ever been, have been curious about the word cheerful giver. Um, because God, what? Loves Wait a minute. How's that? Isn't it that God loves everybody? I remember if you, if you went to Sunday school, you learned one of the texts, the Bible passages that you learned was, for God so loved. Right. But Paul is giving a, a he basically is throwing a curve here and saying that God loves what? The cheerful giver. 
And I'm, I was curious a little bit about this word because I know we use it, and normally this passage is used when we are doing the, uh, the stewardship campaign, right? And we're trying to remind people that we're supposed to be doing this way. The context, however, is, something, is about something else. It was not about building a new building or, or, or enlarging your church. It was not about uh, trying to kind of, you know, update the, uh, the pit room or Trinity Center or whatever. It was not about that. The generosity that this passage is talking about was for Jerusalem church that was in, tr- in trouble. They didn't have enough resources because they were going through a very difficult time. And Paul, writing to this particular group of people, he's telling them that they need to be helped. And then he uses a word that is kind of weird because normally God loves people without any condition here. But right here, he's saying that God loves the cheerful giver. One of the things that I found about this particular expression is that the Lord has an special affection for those who decisively share their blessings with others as he also does. A cheerful giver is someone who celebrates in advance the positive impact that he or she will make with his or her contributions. And somebody who is already celebrating before he or she has been are able to be generous. This person is not somebody who normally will give because somebody's trying to convince her or him to do something about it. It's somebody who's already been thinking about that, has already been praying for that, has already already realized that he or she has a lot or enough. Therefore, he or she will be able to with great anticipation, think about how that uh, offering or blessing or gift will positively impact somebody else. So somebody who is saying, wow, this is going to be good. And it seems to me that in, in the Bible, when you read the Bible carefully, you notice that we have a God who has fun. Some people have the idea that God is an angry God. Yes, sometimes God gets a little bit angry in the Bible. But in general, we see a God that is celebrating life and asking people to come back. And even offering them, which is one of the, the fascinating things that I see in the book of Hosea, for instance. You know, the writing is basically telling Israel how to repent. He's giving the script and say, Israel, you should say, if you want to repent, you should even say something like this. Wow, what kind of God is that? Giving you even the script to tell him how, to, how sorry you feel and why you don't want to continue to behave the way that you are behaving. So imagine that kind of God. is somebody who is very, very generous, always sharing, always trying to uh, celebrate human life, human life. And then when God sees somebody somebody who is doing the same, I guess he feels really excited. So when God sees somebody who is looking out, trying to find out somebody to bless, then he says, wow, this person is looking like me. It's behaving like me somehow. 
And I want you to ask you a question. How does, how does God show that he has a special love for people who is generous? That doesn't mean hell or heaven, because some people already is worried about, is he talking that we need to give in order to go to heaven? No. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a different kind of love, a special love towards one another because we do the same thing that God does. So according to the, the, the text that we just read, uh, the one that I read, God says that he is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, not in some things, but in all things, and which is kind of weird because this is a difficult time for this particular context of the Bible reading that we have. He says, the writer says, at all times. Imagine that. In all things, at all times. Having all that you need. Wow, this is a key word. All things, at all time. Having all that you need. You will abound in every good work. You see, it's not about a church offering, and I'm, I don't want to um, discourage our stewardship committee uh, to use this, but it's not just about offering. It's about anything in life that you are doing that you should be able to do that with certain kind of joy. I get it. Some people are more like, a bit. Right? And other people are more calm, like me. <laughs> right? And, and we all celebrate our own life in different ways. And we all celebrate what we do in different ways. But we have to celebrate what we are doing because it looks like God. There is a reflection of God when we behave that way. Let me tell you something about a church, a, a group, an institution that we recently helped out, uh, Avanza, which is uh, a church, the name for them is my, my Refuge. You know, when they heard that PPC was supporting them then and engaged with their work that they are doing, uh, haven't they told me that they have survived not only financially but also uh, in some ways institutionally? They have been pushed and forced in different ways to kind of quit because the govern government over there is kind of generous in a different way, right? Uh, so it's pushing them, pushing them, pushing them, and they're feeling that they're exhausted sometimes. And suddenly when they were feeling that we are kind of in the corner, right? We are over there. We don't, we don't have enough, resource, enough resources. Suddenly, a church from nowhere says, we would like to support you. And you have to see all the pictures. that You, you saw the picture, but you have to see the way they were even saying praises to the Lord and thanking God for this generosity of this church. I believe generosity changes knees into praise. So you see, now, I don't know if you remember the little kid praying for the United States, wrap up in the, an American flag. I know some of you don't like that kind of stuff. It's okay. He, he's a kid. You know, he was wrapped up in the American flag, and he was praying with that group of people uh, for the church and for this country. 
And that's exactly what happened in Jerusalem when they heard that the Corinthian church and the Greeks, Greek churches were helping them, were collecting resources to help them out. They were already praising God. They were saying, this is great. Our brothers and sisters are helping us. We are encouraged. So the impact that it creates also impacts God himself. Because people are saying, praise God, because he hasn't forgotten us. Because he's using somebody else on our behalf. Do you ever thought, do you ever think that your contribution will bless God? Have you ever thought about that? How God celebrates your contributions, your kindness to other people what he does and other people take notice and they say you're a good god you're great so generosity changes needs into praise generosity also facilitates reciprocal relationships if you also read second corinthians chapter 8 verse 13 through 15 you will hear that paul is telling them by the way you are doing well right now and they are not doing well, the Jerusalem people. But let me tell you that that can change. And when it does, they will be helping you now. Now, obviously, we are not hoping or looking forward to being doing wrong, to be doing to be in a bad shape. But he says they are doing well. Basically, hear this statement that he says: Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, you, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not, love, did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. So if you notice this language, Paul is, understands that life changes Normally, most of the time, life is changing. And sometimes we are in a, in a very difficult moment. And those people that we probably helped in the past, they will remember. Because generosity empowers other people to remember. Because one of the things that is really a, a challenge for many people is their memory. It's not just the physical memory, their emotional memory. They forget but when you have been impacted by kindness and generosity, you can't. You can't forget. And that's the reason that until today, Avanza people is praying for PPC. And we are not asking for that. They are doing that on their own. And they're not just saying, Lord, bless them so that they continue to bless us. They're saying, Lord, bless them so that they continue to do what they were called to do. So generosity facilitates reciprocal relationships. I would say that generosity creates relationship with promise. Also, generosity inspires a sense of joy and anticipation, like I said, for a new and uplifting opportunities for more people. You know, uh, the, the, pa the, first, the second passage, passage that we read also is followed by the 14 and 15, and number 15 says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. So there is no way to explain generosity other than experiencing it. 
You know, you cannot tell a person who is suffering, let me explain you how I can help you. I'm going to give you the math of my kindness. I'm going to give you my, my philosophical reasons why I'm going to be a helper today. You can't just do that. You just do it. Right? You just touch people in a different way. Do you remember the passage with this, when this woman was suffering? She was bleeding all, all the time for 12 years, and she went to many doctors and nobody cured her. Then suddenly she touches, she touched Jesus' uh, Jesus's, uh, coat and, uh, and garment, and, and he said, something happened to me. Power came out of my body. Remember that passage? I'm going to do something interesting here. He said, power came out of my His body was ready to heal people. Is your body ready to heal people? Is your gentle touch ready to heal people? Are your words ready to heal people? But let me just give you one, one more. Guess who is the body of Christ? now so if jesus is talking about my body came out of my power my power came out of my body well but power came out of my body now think about us the power of generosity that can come out of this body we are the body of christ the same body in a way, symbolically, is here and is connected to the head. And the head is Jesus Christ. And we're still ready to heal people through our generosity, by our generosity. We're still ready because we are connected with the, with the source of generosity, which is Jesus Christ, the Lord himself. Um, probably no... If you don't know this person, you're gonna, you, you can go and search him up and see if, if I'm right. Um, Ellie Weissel, you know him? Or Weissel? It's a Nobel Prize, a Jewish-American writer that got a Nobel Prize. You know, he was interviewed by Oprah, Oprah and she was asking him, how do you get to survive and all that? And he was, he was talking about it. And then at one moment she said, but you know, tell me about when you came out of, of that concentration camp, how do you get to manage to continue living when you went through such a horrible ordeal? His answer is a very interesting answer. He says, every hour is grace. If you can see that, that Every hour, even the hour when you are not feeling that great, is grace. And grace is something that we have been given every day, all the time. Even if you are not feeling it right now, you have been given a lot of grace. And he said that every hour is grace. If every hour is grace, we should be able to continue to live that way and to share that grace. Do you feel that every hour is grace for you? Or sometimes every hour is, is hell for you? For some people, you know, they are under so much pain 
that it's really hard to see grace. You know how the only way that they can see grace is when the body of Christ touches them. Just the body of Christ. Some of you went to the bridge, a special bridge that we have with Pastor Tom Dickinson, and he shared when he was having a very difficult dark hour fighting cancer. He was having a very difficult moment, and he called the nurse, and the nurse, when he came by, when she came by, he said, she said, what do you need? Do you need any medicine? Do you need more, more medicine? What do you need? He said, I don't need anything. The only thing that I need is if you can stay by, to, with, by just by next to me. She, was, she decided that she would sit down. Normally, they don't do that. Right next to him. And we'll listen to him. He said, he, said, he shared with us, that that generous moment of, of a very busy nurse gave him so much grace, gave him so much encouragement. It changed his life at that particular moment. That was a generous act of love. She's not paid for that, okay? She's paid to just do the technical, technical procedures that she, they have to do. They're not paid to be kind. They're paying to be nice. Talking about our friend, right? Our friends, two friends that we're talking right here. Uh, right? They're not paid to be kind. They're paid to be nice. To take care of, of people. That's good. But she went beyond that. She wanted to be kind. She wanted to be generous. And that's your call. And that's my call. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to tell you how kind or generous you are supposed to be. You have to say that because you are a cheerful giver. You are somebody who anticipates all this and decides what to do. And I'm going to have to decide what to do with my time too right now. So here's a question for us. If you're asked this morning, what are you willing to share? Time, resources, expertise, knowledge, presence. What will you do? If you realize that you are Jesus' uh, love all, all around, what will you do? People is desperate to touch God. They can't see it. They probably can't hear it, but when they find people of God and those people are aware of their many blessings that they have, they will touch people's lives, other people's lives. So just allow yourself to be Jesus' body. And there is no demon that can stop Jesus' love. When they share with intentionality, Trust in God, know, know us, that he will do whatever he has to do. In the past, when I was younger, I thought that my job was to change people's lives. I was really enthusiastic about that. I remember I was very frustrated when I got to face a person who has great mental, Ill, mental illness, or he was, back then they said that it was, he was demon-possessed. You know, throughout the years, I reflect on that experience, and I see a person who was struggling with a lot of mental illness. And I thought that I could just 
pray hard for this person and something is gonna happen. Realize, not only because of that particular experience, but throughout my life, that the touch is not something magical. It's something that needs to continue to happen until something changes. And only God can do that through us. So don't get frustrated if you are so kind with people and they still are um, not that good with you. I know you, you had the word there, but I'm not going to say it. Um, just remember, it's not the magic that changes people's life. It's the touch. And the touch comes from God's heart through us by being who we are and by using every hour that we have generously. I know, I get it. I, don't, I am not that generous every day, all the time, but I'm trying to. And sometimes I fail amazingly. But sometimes I feel that I'm, I have joined the, the team, God's team, which is a, it's a team of generosity team of abundance and of love. So, you're ready to continue to be that amazing touch of Jesus Christ. Let's stand up and pray. I'd like to ask you to do something different today. If you allow me to do that, that would be great. If not, that's okay. But you extend your hands up in heaven to heaven and say, Lord, help me be more aware of how much grace I have been given. Can you say that to God? And the second prayer is this. Could you empower me to share what you have given me? In your name I pray. Amen.